Reed's Ranch is proud to be presented by Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. You've done it. You made it. It is now football season. Kicks off today. We're doing a special Saturday episode. Kicks off today. All week long, you'll listen and get ready for football. And then next Saturday, you will be out in Knoxville running around getting ready to watch Tennessee, Georgia State, or just taking in the tailgating festivities, or out drinking, watching just Saturday football. If you do, uh, do the responsible thing. Don't drink and drive. But if you do, and you find yourself needing legal representation, or someone you know is needing legal representation, do the smart thing. Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza, GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. He and his team will do the best uh, to defend you and get you the best result possible and prove that the state of Tennessee might have not followed uh, their, their burden of proof or maybe they uh, followed the, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Proper protocol, chain of command, all that stuff. Marcos Garza and his team uh, will do their best for any personal injury, criminal defense, or DUI defense. Before you say guilty, say Garza. All right, let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right, a special Saturday edition, Reed's Ranch, coming at you on the first college football Saturday of the year. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? What's up, Brother John? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? It's, I'm good. It's a pleasure to hear your voice as usual. We love to see that. We we do. We love to see that and love to hear it. It's college football starts today, so that's also a good thing. How excited are you for this Florida game tonight? Uh, not. I mean, like not extremely. Like I'm. Okay. So you're not like, happy to watch. You're it. not like you're not like champing at the bit. No, no. Like I used to be able to watch pretty much any college football game. Now it's harder. Like I can watch an SEC football game. Um, but like, I don't really get excited for games that aren't Tennessee. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I will 100% watch and I'm glad it's here and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm like not chomping at the bit. Like you said, I mean, it's champion. like, I think champion. Are you sure? What do you mean? Am I sure? I, I thought it was a chomping at the bit. No, it's champing. I mean, okay. am, am I sure? Which one of us is the words guy around here? Which one of us is the uh, the farmhand? Huh? Um. Okay, so it's champing, and then and then smooth brains like yourself have tried to evolve it into chomping to the point where they're both acceptable. But it's it's champing, okay? Because of the horses. Because of the horses. Because you champ a bit, you don't chomp on the bit. You just wiggle your okay. mouth a little. I'm with you. I'm with you. I knew you were over there Googling it to try to prove me wrong instead of just listening to me. And believe- no, I did. I Actually, I just Googled chomping at the bit to see if like I was wrong, actually. I don't think you're an idiot. Apologize. What do you mean to see if you're wrong? It's the same thing. That's just semantics. To see if I was wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't That's, accusing you of being wrong. I accepted your word. You just thought it was so like out of the, out of the realm well, of possibility. Well, I always heard chomping. Well, you're from Alabama. I think that most people use chomping. That's fine. There's a lot of smooth brains out here. Okay. From now on, though, you will now use champing. And you will sound like an intellect. You don't chomp on your bit. You'll break your teeth.
In other work, in other news, we're taking idioms literally in 2019. Apparently, well, I mean, they come from a real place, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not figuratively anymore. I mean, they come from a real place, though, you know. Okay. We didn't just make them up for no reason. I did not mean to insult the cattle farmer. I, I see that little smirk on your face. I can hear it through the headphones, that little smirk on your face. I can hear it. I can hear I'm it. I'm not saying anything. I accepted your word from the get-go. Look, everyone can hear it now. You're just sitting there grinning like a little possum. No, what's making me grin is you saying, well, you're from Alabama. Little Weasley, little Weasley Seth. Big dumb John here. He's he, yeah, I, I know what's going on here. Weasley? What does that even mean? You're a little Weasley. Hmm. A little Weasley. In a good way, but a little Weasley. Inter- interesting. So you're not champing at the bit for football today? No, I mean, it's Florida. Like I'll watch it, but I think they'll win pretty yeah, I, I'm, I, I think I'm feeling like a 17-point Florida victory. That's where I've kind of been at. Maybe that'll be a little high. I'd like to be pleasantly surprised, uh, but I, I think they'll come out and uh, kind of roll Miami today. Although, did you see Michael Irvin? No. Did you, you didn't see Michael Irvin last night? No. You need to go on Twitter and try to find that video. What do you do? Just like his pregame speech, like at, at like the, I guess they did like a block party or something last night. I don't know. It might have been in Disney World. I don't, I don't know where it was at. Uh, but Michael Irvin, I mean, I'm not going to be the first person to make the cocaine accusations. Michael Irvin has a history of cocaine. It seemed like he had uh, found uh, s- some more cocaine. The way he was acting, he he was fired up. He was pumped up, ready to go. Yeah, he's really excited. I'm watching it on mute right now, but his uh, mannerisms. You don't need, yeah, you don't really need to hear it to, to get the idea right. Like, you could see it in him. He's talking about stepping on people's throat and ripping their hearts out. So, I mean, that, that's kind of, he's ready to go. So, what's the uh, the big Tennessee stuff right now? We still wait on Aubrey Solomon. People people have finally connected the dots that it's uh, Jim Harbaugh. I feel like, we, did we not talk about this a couple weeks ago? Probably. And then, like, I was like, well, you know, the VolQuest guys are saying they think the paperwork's wrong. I think it's Harbaugh. I know I talked about it on the radio. I don't know if we talked about it on here or not. Like, we've been, I feel like I've been out ahead of this for like a month. Like, hey, it's Harbaugh. Hey, everyone, it's Harbaugh. He's not giving the, he's not giving the okay. Now, like, since then, like the last couple weeks, you've had, there was the offensive lineman from, that went to Cincinnati. Do you see that story at all? Yeah, I did. And then there was another guy that, um, and then there was the defensive back at Georgia Tech, and the, the defensive back from Georgia Tech's mom's pissed. Yeah, she came out and blamed Harbaugh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at Cincinnati, Luke Fickle blamed Harbaugh too, and then that got they got into a back and forth, and Harbaugh's like, "Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say that this guy's leaving because of mental health. I'm not saying that he's leaving because he can't play. Isn't what Harbaugh said, you know, about the can't play part, but." He had talked about mental health being, you know, people using that as an excuse, making up excuses to get to transfer. And, you know, Luke Fickle apparently had called him and been like, hey, uh, if the NCAA calls, tell them this. Tell them, like, he had, like, a statement prepared for him. And Harbaugh's like, no, I'm not going to lie. And then that kid did not get uh, cleared. On one hand, you know, Harbaugh's probably right. On the other hand, like, it's annoying. Like, why does he care that this kid's going to be eligible at Cincinnati? It has nothing to do with Michigan. Same with Georgia Tech and Tennessee. I got. I don't think anybody would begrudge Harbaugh if if a kid was transferring to Ohio State. And then he didn't want him to be eligible. But like they're going to Cincinnati, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech. None of these teams are playing Michigan. None of these teams, you know, deal with Michigan annually. Um. The only thing that maybe I could see is Harbaugh's mad that like we've won every recruiting battle against him lately. And that's, I mean, I mean, Solomon was going to play a lot for them this year. He played a lot a couple years ago before he got hurt. Um, I'm sure that Aubrey Solomon factored into their plans for 2019. They lost 
their defense, their star, their star defensive tackle from last year um, went to the NFL draft. The one thing I don't understand, like I still don't even know, is what was Aubrey Solomon's reasoning for transferring? Like, did he have a... I saw, I don't know this for sure, um, but I saw someone say he had said he wanted to get closer to home. Okay. Which I don't know where he's from. Where is he from? Georgia? Mm-hmm. He's from Georgia. So, I mean, I guess that's getting closer to home, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, much. I mean, Knoxville's not far from Atlanta at all. Much closer than Michigan, obviously. I don't know where Leesburg, Georgia is. Um, do you know where Leesburg, Georgia is? No, I'm looking it up. I don't know how far away it is from Knoxville. I mean, it's obviously, south of Georgia. Obviously, it's closer. Obviously, it's closer than Michigan. But is you know you said South Georgia, so probably like at least five hours away. It's from, six from hours. Knoxville? It's six hours from Knoxville. Okay, so like is that quote unquote close to home? Like if a kid moved to Memphis to be closer to Knoxville. Or if a, you know, if a kid wanted to, you know, a kid lived in Memphis and wanted to transfer to from, you know, uh, Michigan to Tennessee, would we think of that as weird? Yeah, I mean, just for the record, like if he, if it was truly closer, if it, if the issue was that, then like he could have gone to Florida State. It's an hour and fifty six minutes away. So, but it is a whole lot closer to home. For sure, it is a lot closer uh, than Michigan. I just if. Again, that's the excuse I saw uh, that people were saying online. Yeah, I didn't actually know. I had never seen like a real um, reason from Solomon's camp as to why, like, why he was transferring. I mean, maybe he just wanted to change the scenery. I think that's fine too. I mean, it just like what is so annoying about it is the NCAA's rulings appear to be so arbitrary. I mean, they're completely arbitrary. Like, Luke Ford didn't get cleared at Illinois this year. And he's from Illinois, and his grandfather is dying. And he was the number one tight end in the nation, number two tight end in the nation, and not this pat like, two recruiting classes ago. Like, he would be a sophomore. He, uh, he was the class of 2018. He was going to be a sophomore at Georgia. Or a redshirt freshman. He was the number 51 overall player in the nation from Illinois. And he's from Illinois, and he, he committed to Georgia. And he transferred to Illinois because his grandfather is dying. And he, like I said, he's from Illinois. Like, this is a perfectly valid thing, right? He's close to his grandfather. His grandfather is dying, and he wants to go back home. And they denied it. And so he appealed, and they denied it again. And it's just like, you're going to deny him. Like, this seems like an open and shut case as for a guy that should be immediately eligible. But they denied it both times. And like, well, Justin Fields and Tate Martell both get eligibility. Like, why does Tate Martell get eligibility? Why does Justin Fields get eligibility? Yeah, like, Tate Martell, like, he had no reason other than I lost the starting job. Like, I, that's what I don't understand. Like, Tate Martell... He had no he had no beast with Ohio State other than I can't play. Like that was it. Yeah, I mean, like both of Luke Ford's grandparents are, are very are are suffering from ailing health. And he's going to Illinois. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he's leaving exactly. to try to go to some some big time program. It's not like he left Illinois to try to go to Georgia to win. He left Georgia to go to Illinois. Yeah, exactly. And like the, so, the NCAA has this one hundred mile radius thing. And it's 150 miles from Champaign to Champaign from Luke Ford's hometown. 190 miles from Champaign to Champaign. Like, so it's out of the radius. The 100-mile radius thing sounds dumb as hell anyway. Like, I can get four hours if I need to. Like, it should be like 250 miles of anything. Like, that is so arbitrary. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's dumb anyway. Like, I can drive six hours if I need to to get somewhere, right? Like, I've... I've driven to Memphis in a day, like if I need to get somewhere. Like a hundred miles is just really stupid. What is that? An hour and a half? Is that is that considered convenient? That's nothing. Like if I have family in uh, Nashville, like when I lived in Ohio, I lived you know three and a half, four hours away. I would drive home, you know, basically every other weekend or you know somewhat regularly. That's to nothing. See family and That's check nothing. in. That's Easy four hours. Turn around, do it two days later. Not a, not a big deal. No, like. No, if you're, like, that's what we're talking about. Like, 
that is not a terrible drive to do on the weekend. Like, we're not talking about he's going, that's his commute every day. You know, I mean, that, that is totally arbitrary. Well, I mean, even if it is every day, like, I, I, people drive two hours people, to work. People like, do do it. People do do it. I, I can't imagine doing it, but they do. Well, so I'm, it's, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if, if it's... If he's needing to go two or three times a week to help his grandparents, like I, I get that they don't want him making long treks, but you know you make you make um, I don't want to say exceptions. That's not right. Um, you make you basically suck it up and do it for family. Like yeah, if family's sick, like, I, it, I would drive three hours a day. For the people you love, you do make exceptions for the people you love. I would drive three hours to go see my dad if he was sick, or to come back the next. You know, six hours round trip. I would do that two or three times a week if need be. I mean, that's not a, that's, it's just, the whole thing is totally arbitrary. Like, I, there is no reason why Tate Martell should be immediately eligible. Yeah, that one's, that one's crazy to me. Like, I, 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 I've yet to see the, the reason on why he got immediate eligibility. His dumbass hadn't already graduated. No. And I don't know if he's a dumbass or not. He seems like a dumbass. Right? I mean, he seems pretty stupid. I don't know if he is. Maybe he maybe he graduated early. I I don't know. They didn't say he did, if that's the case. I graduated in one year? Oh, is he only a sophomore? Maybe he's maybe this is his third year of college. I was gonna say I thought it was, yeah, at least his third year. I, he didn't graduate. It doesn't matter. Um he was class of two thousand seventeen. So this is his third year. So he graduated in two years, if that's the case. Yeah, which we don't like I said, we don't think he did. I mean that that yeah. So, that's crazy. They didn't even have an issue with it. They just stamped him. Said, "All right, go ahead." Immediately, You're good. without question, they. And I don't know if it's because they like. We're like, you know, we kind of screwed you over with the Justin Fields thing, so we're going to throw you a bone too. Yeah, like I mean, like you think that was it? Like, hey, we probably shouldn't clear Justin Fields, but because they shouldn't have cleared Justin Fields, like I. They did that immediately, and I don't think anybody ever had any doubt that he was going to be cleared immediately. And so they knew that they really didn't have a leg to stand on there, so they were just like, okay, Martell, you can get it too, because we pretty much screwed you over. My thing has always been, and this is why I feel like I connected the Harbaugh dots before other people, like, I feel like uh, it really, the NCAA takes into account what the school that they're leaving says. I really do think so. Like, unless it's just an obvious situation. And maybe they got a little nervous with Georgia because it, it, it seemed like Georgia might try to fight that, uh, to fight uh, Justin Fields just because they didn't want to be stamped as racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, didn't want to stamp like, hey, we ran off this five-star quarterback because baseball players called him the N-word. So I thought Georgia maybe would have tried to fight that, but I guess since it was public, maybe they just let it go. Well, I mean, I know that they really tried hard to keep Justin Fields from transferring, but I, I know, I know. But I wonder, like, since the, like the the racial slur thing became public, whether they actually like dug in as hard as they would have and, and like tried to make it a bigger deal. And his family lawyered up, like his family had everything ready to go at the when, like, when Justin Fields said he was transferring, his family was 100%. They were full throttle, ready to go. They had everything handled. Aubrey Solomon obviously didn't. No, I got a I got a text basically explaining uh, Aubrey Solomon, I guess is was trying to transfer to get back quote closer to home, but that um, people at Tennessee aren't on the same page. Like if you ask different people at Tennessee, they all have different reasons for why he transferred. So it seems like kind of like a clusterfuck, and maybe that's why he hasn't gotten cleared is because no one at Tennessee can get on the same page. That's what it seems like. Like okay. Harbaugh is not helping, as Jeremy Pruitt, you know, kind of said yesterday, and Jeremy Pruitt, I guess. Give him credit for making it public because now, like it is on the uh, on ESP or excuse me uh, USA Today's page, like you know someone wrote about it here in Knoxville for the AP, and now like USA Today circulating it and making it a, a national story. Uh, so I guess give credit to Pruitt for at least bringing it up, but he probably could have gone a lot harder than he did. Well, see, I've kind of I'm not saying he. He should have handled it any other way because I would have been scared to have gone off at SEC media days because they would have just been like, well, you can go to hell. He's not eligible. But at this point, we play in a week. At this point, I would be inclined to start getting angry. 
he transferred he he announced his transfer in December. He committed to Tennessee in December. So if Tennessee didn't have things ready and if Tennessee has handled it poorly, it has been almost nine months and the NCAA does not get the benefit of the doubt no matter how badly Tennessee had handled it back in the beginning of the year. It's been nine months. I mean, Tate Martell and Justin Fields both transferred long after Aubrey Solomon announced he was. This is like, it's not like this takes a lot a lot of time to do, right? Like, it doesn't, like, we're not asking these NCAA people to be Sherlock Holmes. You just see what the facts are. You talk to the coaches. Maybe you talk to the kid and you make a ruling. Like, how about we just give these guys one free transfer? Well, you know, after they said earlier this year, like two months ago, that they were going to, they were redoing the transfer process. They were going to make it more difficult for immediate eligibility. Yeah, like they came out, was it last year, two years ago? Like, hey, we're going to be more friendly to transfers because we realize it's kind of hypocritical to let coaches bounce around and the players have to sit out a year when they have a finite number of years that they can play football. Exactly. They kind of was like, they're like, hey, we, uh, we're going to do the right thing. And then football players started moving around. But really, I think the numbers, Seth, were close to the same. Like, it seems a lot more because we report on it a lot more. and The transfer portal became such a, a cliche. But I think the actual numbers were like guys were transferring pretty much the same amount. But you had coaches start bitching about it, like Harbaugh, like Saban. And they're powerful. They're at big-time programs. They're at big-time schools. They're big-time coaches. So now the NCAA is, you know, bowing down like the little bitches they are. I will say this about Pruitt is that he said yesterday or whatever, he said, I don't know what Michigan has done for him, but I know what I've done for the young men that have gone to school here and have wanted out. Which was, I thought, an, an excellent point because he has been extremely pro-player in his time here, I felt like. Like there was no ill will about Drew Whit- Richmond. Like, they didn't try to hold him back. I know he was a graduate transfer or whatever. But, like, the the Garland kid, like, that Garland guy was in the transfer portal all spring. And he was back at practice this week. Yeah, Pruitt kept talking about, hey, you know, he's in the transfer portal, but he hasn't left yet. Like, yeah. basically, like, it's not over yet. We're going to let him look around, and maybe he'll decide the best place for him is here. Yeah, and he came back, and he was at practice this week. Like, Pruitt's been extremely pro player, I feel like. Maybe the answer is to give these guys one free shot. I mean, I just know that it doesn't take nine months to decide the facts of the case. You know, and if the facts of the case are that you don't want to give Aubrey Solomon immediate eligibility, then okay. But the issue there is that the the decision-making process has been totally arbitrary. Like the kid whose mom had the brain tumor that was transferred to Virginia Tech. He was five he was like miles. Yeah, he was, he was, I was going to say he was like 110 miles away or, yeah, I guess 105 miles he away. He was five miles outside the radius, and his mom had a brain tumor. Imagine being the asshole that put the stamp on that, that had the final signature, because somebody has to sign off of it, sign off on it at the top. Imagine being that asshole. But imagine saying Justin Fields and Tate Martell can go do whatever they want. But Luke Ford and the Hoffman kid from Coastal Carolina can't. Like, it seems to me that Aubrey Solomon really doesn't have a great leg to stand on, honestly. But he has just as good of a leg to stand on as Tate Martell and Justin Fields. Except the uh, the whole, you know, Ohio State tie, I guess. So, like, just make a ruling. At this point, I just want them to say he's not eligible so we can move on. Like, he's still taking first-team reps because they have to let him take first-team reps. Because we don't know, and if he is eligible, he starts. With that Coastal Carolina kid, they wanted him to, like, detail how he was going to be helping care for his mother and, like, basically try to prove that her tumor was getting worse. I mean, that's so shitty. Like, he he doesn't have to help his mother at all. It's just the ability to go see his mother on a Tuesday night if he wants to. Because it's 100 miles away, and you can drive an hour and a half. Because you're not in South Carolina. You're in Virginia now. The whole thing is just arbitrary. Like, just make a decision at this point. If he's not eligible, okay, at least we know that D'Angelo Gibbs is not eligible. But did they ever make a ruling on him? 
if they did, it was privately, I guess, because Pruitt came out, you know, pretty early in, or not pretty early, but, you know, a month ago at the, basically the beginning of camp and was like, yeah, he's redshirting. I don't know if that means he got denied or what, or maybe they looked around and said, hey, he's going to play receiver for us, and we got a lot of receivers this year. Redshirt. I don't know if they actually made a ruling. That's a good point. Like, because they never made an official ruling that we saw. It could have just been like, you know, like you said, he's going to play receiver. And he's been out of football for a little while. He didn't play receiver when he was playing football last. So why don't we just not even try to fight this one? He's cool with the red shirt. We'll red shirt him, and we'll hope this will put the NCAA in our good graces. Or just put us in their good graces or something like that. But there was never an official official ruling like we've seen with these other guys. Like the kid that transferred to Florida State from Louisville a couple weeks ago. Like They handed him down a ruling. They handed the kid at Georgia Tech down a ruling. We never saw that on D'Angelo Gibbs. But, I mean, like we said, we are nearing exactly seven days until our first game. Seven days and four hours until kickoff. And we do not have a ruling. And he announced he, he was transferring, like, December the 18th or something. It's been over nine months. If it was a pregnancy, it would be over. We would have a born baby. Does anybody think that it would have drug on like this and this would be the case if he had transferred to Georgia? No, no. No, of I mean, course not. I mean, yeah, but I mean, in, in that is it because of Georgia or is it because of the, closer to home? Okay, if he had transferred to Clemson. I mean, because Georgia, obviously. You Georgia's know, closer Georgia, to home. About, yeah, yeah, just for this particular instance. Like, does anybody think this would be a problem if he had transferred to, like, Clemson, Oklahoma, or Florida? Or Florida, Florida. Florida. Does anybody Florida. think this would be an issue if he had transferred to Florida? I mean, honestly, I expect to hear an issue back about Brenton Cox before I do Aubrey Solomon. <laughs> uh, so do you uh, you think John Curry would have got him cleared? No. Do you? No, no. I just think that's funny just to ask. I mean, I don't know, like... I, I mean, like, you know, I don't know anything about the way that these things are handled. So I don't know. Like, there might be something that Fulmer could do. I have no idea. Like, I think that now is the time to go public about it. Like, Pruitt has. Part of me wishes he had done it a little bit earlier. Like, I don't think he should have done it at SEC Media Days. Did that did that kid ever get cleared, though, at Coastal Carolina? Or that went from Coastal Carolina to Votech? He never got cleared, right? Because, like, I mean, he, he got denied, went in public, and was like, hey, look, here's my mom with her, uh, you know, cut stitches in her head or staples in her head from where we had to open her up for a brain tumor. The NCAA won't let me come because of this or let me be eligible because of this, and I kind of put some public pressure on, I guess, and appealed. I didn't see if that ever got overturned. So as of one week ago, uh, the Roanoke Times and Richmond.com said that it's still in limbo. Okay. So they tried to put public pressure on, like kind of like what we're talking about with Pruitt. Yeah, there was no update from Fuente as little as a week ago. So and his paperwork was submitted in mid-July. It really is wild to me when you just compare it to Tate Martell. Why the hell did he get cleared? Like, it was an open-cut case of, hey, new quarterback came to take his spot. I'm leaving. Yeah, why did Tate Martell get cleared? Like, the only thing that makes sense is that the NCAA was like, look, you got screwed over by this. Because we all know that Ryan Day is going to start Justin Fields. So we're he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have even beat that other kid out. He, Tate Martell sucks. Like he would. I bet the NCAA is like, man, I wish we didn't clear him because he's not even starting yeah, now. Yeah, like, because like, <laughs> if we had known this, because everyone expected him to start immediately Miami, right? Yeah, and then he gets down there and he sucks, and they're like, oh, wait, never mind. Maybe he'll be a slot receiver. Imagine how – I bet they groaned when when Diaz announced <laughs> that the Williams kid was starting at quarterback. They were just like, you've got to be shitting me. Oh, God damn it. We cleared him for no reason. Yeah, like – Because he could always be the poster boy for this. He could always be the poster boy for how did this guy get cleared. He's from Las Vegas. Exactly. Like, it's like he's from – he's not from South Florida. He didn't go home. He's from Las Vegas. And he went further away. Like, he was committed to Texas A&M, then Ohio State, and now he's at Miami. Like, home – like, he was – you know – he's, he's not even an upstanding citizen. This guy's a douchebag. Like, he's he's such a fuckboy, and they gave him the stamp of approval. It's not like they're like, hey, 
this is Tim Tebow, and he's a good Christian role model, and we love our student athletes like this. We're going to try to help them out. This guy's a fuckboy. So, like, I, like, I don't really have any problem with the Justin Fields and Tate Martell ruling if people like Brock Hoffman and Luke Ford get eligibility. But my you goodness. You say Aubrey Solomon. You just want the two guys that are, like, trying to take care of their family. Yeah, like, and that's, like that's the thing. Like, Aubrey Solomon really doesn't unfortunately seem to have a great leg to stand on in terms of immediate eligibility. Now, that doesn't, like, that doesn't, you know, wipe away the fact that the NCAA has had over nine months, and this is not, like I said, you, we don't need these people to be Sherlock Holmes, okay? Like, they need, it's going to take like a week to decide the facts. And a lot of things could have been solved a long time ago. Because Justin Fields and Tate Martell, that rule, those rulings were done really quickly. To me, it should just be as simple as, is this ruining the integrity of the sport? No? Okay, well, let's maybe side on the unpaid athletes in our billion-dollar corporation. Like, let's give them a free shot. If someone's wanting to bounce around every year and it seems kind of like it's ruining some type of integrity... Let's put a stop to that one. But if it's just someone who doesn't want to be at a school anymore, for whatever reason, one time, you get a free pass. Second time, we'll investigate to see if you're being racially profiled or if the coach is abusing you or what's happening. First time, you know what? Go ahead. Consider this uh, a, a piece of payment in this billion-dollar corporation where you are the unpaid laborer that we try to pass you off on. We're giving you an education when we don't really even care if you can read at a college level. We don't care if you're doing your homework. You saw what Mississippi State did. They had a tutor submitting homework while the game was going on. They obviously don't care. They just have to keep the farce up where it's not just completely blatant. How about we just let you go play football at the school you want? You get one shot. Good luck. So maybe the answer is you get you get one pass. You get one pass, like, and because I I mean it's obviously not fair that you know Jeremy Pruitt can leave after this season and he can be getting a pay raise and the kids that came because Henry Toa Toa came to Tennessee for one reason he came because of Jeremy Pruitt's vision for him at linebacker. Right. I mean, yeah, Niedermeyer is an amazing recruiter and one of the best in the nation. But like, but like if Niedermeyer wasn't selling what Pruitt has done for linebackers and defensive players, then like Toa Toa goes to Alabama. So like he came to Tennessee because of Pruitt. Same with Crouch. Like Crouch wasn't going to come to Tennessee if Bush Jones was still the coach or if we had hired Mike Gundy. He came because we have defensive rain man as our head coach. So it's not fair that Jeremy Pruitt can leave and those guys are stuck here. It's not. So maybe you give them one shot. Maybe you give them you give them one pass, one get out of one get out of jail free card, and after that, it's well, you know, come on now, this is twice. Like the kid that transferred from Auburn because Gus Malzahn burned his scholarship last year, Asa Martin. Like his mother went public to AL.com about how Gus had burned his scholarship. It seemed like Gus and Auburn had really screwed up. Well, he transferred to Miami. And now he's transferred from Miami to Memphis. He transferred again? I didn't see that. Yeah, he transferred again this week. So Did he get beat out there, I guess? And was I, I just don't think he's and... that good. I think that like maybe probably like Gus Malzahn is an autistic asshole, but I think that like Gus Malzahn was right. Asa Martin's not that good. And so now he's at Memphis. Well, it's like, okay, like, you know, we gave you the benefit of the doubt for the first time, but now, I mean, come on, man. You're going to Memphis? Like, you're leaving Miami, too, a mere, like, six months into the experiment? Maybe it's just you. Maybe you are the asshole. Maybe it's just you. Um, Yeah, the Chris Steele guy at Florida, like, Andrew's talking about, like, um, so he's back at USC, right? After And got... And got immediately cleared, if I'm not mistaken. Because he was living with some, like, murderer at Florida, basically. Or a, a rapist, right? Um, that's, what he, that's what he sold it as, was basically he, he didn't want to be in the room with, uh, this, with his roommate, the quarterback, who was, yeah, like, sexually assaulting women. Uh, I don't know, Florida people care, claim he just wanted to go back home. Type of thing. Which the kid is extremely wishy-washy. We can say that. Like, 
the kid is um he his whole recruitment was extremely wishy-washy i mean he like he committed to usc then he decommitted then he signed his letter of intent with florida then um he left florida and he's back at usc like i mean the kid was it you know i mean he he was extremely wishy-washy overall but you know that was his that was his thing was he was he didn't want to live with that guy and he's immediately eligible so sure whatever i mean the kid obviously has decision making issues but i mean i like it in that case cuz it hurt florida they they they're down several defensive backs now yeah love to see that so We'll see whenever Brenton Cox runs out tonight. Uh, it's clear right before the game. <laughs> About 15 minutes before the game, that check's going to clear. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Let's blow through a couple. We've already we ranted for about uh, transfers for 40 minutes. Uh, before we do that, let's shout out to the new patrons. Uh, new $5 patron, Jackson Canup. Shout out to Jackson. We love you. New $5 patron, Will Gipe. Shout out to Will. We love you. Then we got some people up in their pledge. Uh, Jesse Thompson went from $2 to $5. Shout out to Jesse. We love you. Jonah Wett went from 10 to 20 Shout out to Big Jonah. We love him very, very much. And Cordell Johnson, a.k.a. my man Vectivus, went from uh, $5 to $25. Shout out to my man Vectivus. Discord wizard. Vec- Vec- Vectivus. Vectivus. I think. Vectivus. Yeah. He helps uh, keep the Discord up and running. And he, I think right now, don't quote me for sure, I think $25 is our highest patron. I think he's our uh, our patron overlord right now. Well, we love Vectivus, and uh, thank you all for helping feed my family. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. If you are down with the movement and want access to the Discord, we uh, record all of our episodes live on the Discord. And it's uh, going to be a lot of fun come football season. Uh, I, I make a motion Seth, uh, only uh, $5 patrons and up from now on will uh, get access to the Discord. How do you feel about that? I think that's wise. I mean, because I don't want to say we're at capacity. There's always room for new and entertaining uh, quarters, and the football season will be fun. And if you're a $2 patron who's been in the Discord already, don't worry. You're grandfathered in. Uh, But I feel like uh, moving forward to kind of keep it somewhat – under control, uh, $5 and up. You think that's good? $10 and up? 5 good enough? I, th- what do you I, th- think? Th- I think 5 is good. All right. Well, after I post this episode, I am changing uh, the rules. And I agree with Andrew. I mean, $5 for all this content is a hell of a deal. I mean, I'm thankful every day. I'm thankful every day that I don't have cell phone service at my job, so I can't get on the Discord. Because if I could, I would not get anything done. I'm trying to debate. I keep telling people I was going to bring back the morning quickies, but, man, getting up at 6 o'clock is just awful oh man i know it's so terrible and having to like especially when you're having to stay up late to get like the latest news yeah and then to like get the latest news and stories and then put them in a package and then get up at six 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 or six fifteen in the morning to put them out i don't know it kind of started messing with our numbers because i don't know if people were like unsubscribing from the feed because there's just something new every day or if it was just like we're at like the depths of the offseason, because like our our listening numbers have gone back up now that football's come. But that's also when I quit the the morning quickie. So like I don't know correlation, causation, all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, most people have said they would rather see two podcasts than most people. That was two people, not most people. More people are saying it right now. Well, I'm not in there right now. Oh, there's another, a third. Wow. So that's three people that have said it just in the past minute. Oh, fourth. Oh, oh. Another fourth. Wow. Man. Do we, uh, so four people, five people. Okay, just, uh, just. Oh, the sixth. Shout out to Hank. Wow, good to know that we only have, uh, 11 people in the Discord. We love Hank. Y'all go to Hank's, uh, new, uh, new axe throwing thing in Knoxville that his family's running. Oh, wait, I had two more since I've said something. So yeah, we're going to try to do. We only have, uh, 13 people in the Discord right now since that's most people. We're going to try to do two pods a week during football season. I think that we can we can do one during the week and one on the weekend. Oh God, that's so much. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, I think I think it. we can do that. I think we can make. All that right. Happen. Let's see. You're always the one that gets busy during the middle of the week, so we'll see if you can uh, so, be a man of your word. So I think that's what we're going to try to do. Um, you see any questions on the Discord we need to get to? I haven't really looked. Yeah. Um, um, my favorite question was by Bob McRib. Okay, well, he, he, he had two good questions. Um, the first one was, "Give me some of your potential whipping he only boys." Gets one. He only oh, well, gets he's one. gonna get two because the other one is really, really good, but it's not football related. 
One, he wants to know, give me some of your potential whipping boys this season. What does he mean by whipping boy? Like, who are we going to blame when things go bad? Will Friend. Yeah, Will Friend is by far the boy. Will Friend is on the chopping block, and I am sharpening the axe right now on August 24th. Speaking of, it is my sister Claire's birthday, and we love Claire. Happy birthday to Claire. Happy birthday to Claire. She is a queen. She's a princess. She was trying to help out the podcast last night. Can you be a queen? Can you be a queen and a princess? Well, she is. You can now. As of right now. You can't be both. I feel like you got to be one of the other. Okay, well, then she's a queen. Okay, just checking. But, um... So, Will Friend, I mean, the axe, I am sharpening the axe with my whetstone right now, and I am looking at his neck. His head is in the guillotine. We are waiting to drop, we are waiting to drop the blade, and it's going to happen on the very first sack in the Florida game. Or maybe the BYU game. Maybe even the BYU game. If Chocolate Crowder gets blown up in the first play from scrimmage in a week like he did last year, then... I'm going to have to be physically restrained. I'm not even going to be at the game, but I'm going to come when that happens just to put Will Friend in, 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 the, in the stocks because he is, I mean, everyone is ready. We're salivating at our chance to get Will Friend. After that, um, I don't really know. There's nobody else that I'm really just like ready like, Will Friend, I'm just itching. I'm aching to do it, mainly because everyone else is talking about it. I feel like um, it was a very smart move by Marcus Tatum this week. He got out ahead of it. Did you read the, his quotes from this week where he basically is like, we all know we suck and that we're costing the university and, and the city of Knoxville millions of dollars. He's like, you know, when you're when you're, uh, when you're responsible for, you know, sinking the team, which, you know, it's really so big around here. You uh, of course you hear about it and you think about it all the time. So Marcus Tatum uh, got out ahead of it. He has taken his his ass out of the jackpot. We will not be slandering Marcus Tatum uh, because I felt really bad reading that of basically him walking around like Eeyore, knowing that uh, the offensive line sucks. Yeah, and like uh, shout out to Tatum for all the work he's put in. He sounds like he's. It sounds like three people have locked down starting jobs in the offensive line. Chocolate Crowder. Big Trey Smith and Marcus Tatum. Um, Marcus Tatum's put in a lot of work, gained like uh, 100 pounds, it seems like, since he's been at UT. So props to him for putting in all the work. I hope he has a great senior year. I really do. Yeah, that that was my take, too. Um, I know we're all excited about the two freshman tackles, but I want to see Marcus Tatum get the chance to start, and I hope he uh, plays well. I, I do think you should reward people for putting in the work and trying to become a leader. Like, and you know, the quotes this week, whatever, that's some that's leadership, but – I also think if you put on 40 pounds of muscle, you know, throughout the, or, you know, I don't know if it was all muscle, but 40 pounds in the offseason, you should get a shot. You should get a shot if it's close, and obviously it's close between him and Darnell Wright. Now, you know, if he plays a couple games and the right side of the offensive line isn't doing what it's supposed to. Put in the freshman. I'm okay, yeah. I'm okay with him getting the freshman some reps, but. Oh, I think I want to see. Yeah. I want to see Tatum get a shot, and I want to see Tatum uh, hopefully perform well. Yeah. There does sound like a chance that Tatum might even start at left tackle. I mean, he's been working at left tackle or something. Yeah. But then yesterday, but then yesterday it was like Jameer Johnson and Wanya Morris were back at left tackle. But before that, it had been Marcus Tatum had been at left tackle for a little while. It sounds like Darnell Wright is going to be a star just from the way they talk about him physically, that he just needs a little bit of time because he's a true freshman playing offensive lineman. But he's definitely going to play a lot. Um, he's definitely going to get some reps. But I mean, if Tatum's the guy, if Tatum's better, then go with Tatum. And props to Tatum for putting in all the work. It would be cool to see him have such a good year. So, uh, Will Friend is public enemy number one. Yes. Um, I mean, you shot down the idea that uh, Fulmer couldn't get uh, Solomon cleared, so maybe Fulmer lives. Is he? Uh, is he uh, potentially on this list? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, in general, if things I think go he really is. poorly. Yeah. Like, I feel like if, if if the season goes poorly, are we more likely to blame Pruitt or Fulmer for hiring Pruitt? And for not getting Solomon cleared, and for um, costing us like Mike Leach or somebody, just some spit spitballing hypothetically. Yeah, I think that um, I think that Fulmer is. I think there's a, like, if things go poorly, then yeah, I think that like the smarter people are going to be kind of getting getting the itch to go after Fulmer. But now a lot of people are just happy that he kept Rick Barnes. Okay, and like I am happy that. 
Philip Fulmer has decided, he's realized, it took a long time, but somebody at UT finally realized that the way you get um, good coaches is that you pay more than the other people will. So he went out and he said, we're going to pay Jim Chaney more than Georgia will. And, you know, he went out and he made Rick Barnes a top five coach, paid coach in America, which whatever, we've discussed it. Like, I'm just glad somebody's willing to pay. We went out, we played, we paid T. Martin a ton of money, and we got, I mean, Derek Ansley was the highest paid defensive backs coach in the NFL. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe Fulmer won't get, uh, maybe he won't get whipped. Maybe it'll just stay at Pruitt. And on the other side, like, I mean, Rick Barnes is recruiting at an absurd level right now. As Fulmer said he would. Fulmer said he was going to recruit at a levels never before seen at Tennessee. And so it looks like that uh, might be the case as we sign three five stars. So, but with that said, he better make a Final Four. <laughs> he better get to the Elite Eight. He better get to the Elite Eight. So, I don't know. I think Will Friend is like the only one for me that really sticks out as somebody that I'm just itching. Because it's been a while. We haven't had a coaching search in a while. Tennessee's medical staff, if uh, Trey Smith, you know. If he dies, yeah. We're going to whip the shit out of them. Yeah, we're going to kill somebody if Trey Smith dies. The medical staff. If, if Trey Smith dies, we riot. It would be devastating. It'll be like the scene at the end of uh, Notorious, where they, they show the real-life Biggie funeral, where we just uh, all line up on Kingston Pike. Right there on Cumberland Avenue, and just uh, as the uh, as the hearse drives up and down, we will we will we will literally be saying "press F" as the hearse drives up and down the street. It's nice to know, like at least right now, um, I'm not. I mean, maybe Nigel Warrior. Like, if there's one player you look at, most likely, I mean Garantano. Garantano on the offense, like he he. Uh, is probably on the chopping block if things go poorly. Um, I mean, because I mean, he had it all last year, right? So he's probably uh, he's probably uh, on the block. Is it? I'm still so I. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good submission with 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 Warrior there. I'm with you there. Like I think that people will be ready to get Warrior the hell on out of there. They'll be ready to get him off the field and put in whoever else. If it's Jalen McCullough, whoever. I don't think people will care. Um, Garantano, people, a lot of people don't like Garantano, and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. I really still don't understand why, but if he does poorly, then people will really be out to get him. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's probably target number two behind uh, Will Friend. Yeah, and we've you know we've talked a lot about it. I don't want to get back into it. I like Garantano. Um, I hope he does well. I really do. Um, I like him. He's been through a lot here, and I don't think a, I think a lot of it hasn't been his fault. You shouldn't have to say that you hope Tennessee's starting quarterback does really well, but I feel like you kind of do. You shouldn't have to say that, like, "Hey, I hope our quarterback's good. I hope he does really well." But it feels like uh, it's a take that needs to be said. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people wanted Keller Christ, and for some reason, I'm still not sure why they wanted him, but they did over Garrett Tano. I watched, uh, I, you know, there's been a little bit too much optimism, right? So yesterday, the SEC Network uh, replayed last year's Florida game at 12 during my radio show. So I popped it on about 30 minutes into my radio show. Just wanted a refresher. And um, in a 10-minute stretch, here's what I saw. I saw us get pinned at our two-yard line. We went run left, loss of one. Run left, loss of two, safety. Um, it flash forwarded to us. It flash forwarded to us getting the ball back. Um, I saw JG stand in, get absolutely drilled, <laughs> deliver a dime to Callaway in the end zone. Callaway drops it. Garantano leaves the game because he got drilled so much. Uh, Chris came in one play. I don't know what happened. Second play, he fumbled the snap. It was a low snap, but he fumbled. We lost that ball. Um, Florida got it. Two plays later, they score a 60-yard touchdown on like a simple pass where uh, they got to the sideline, we couldn't tackle, and he just ran in for a touchdown. I remember that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, three or four plays later, we had Austin Pope strip himself at the goal line. And uh, that's when I decided, okay, that's enough football for today. I'm turning it off. So, No offense to Austin Pope if he's listening. The thing that stands out to me about that is that I was at that game. Obviously, we hung out together. Um the only play I remember 
out of what you had just said before the Austin Pope play was their long touchdown down the side, down the sideline. That was on my sideline. That's the one I had forgotten. I do not remember whatsoever Marcus Callaway dropping a touchdown. I have zero recollection. I have zero recollection of a safety. I remember more than anything, I remember the Austin Pope fumble, the Jarrett Garantano interception at the very beginning. On that screen on pass. Screen Thank pass. God I missed that. Thank God I missed that one on the replay. The best onside kick in the history of football that we failed to recover. I don't remember getting pinned back. The shocking thing to me about what you just talked about is that after they we got the safety and we got the ball back, we drove down the field to get a touchdown. Like we to drop a touchdown. Like I don't remember that. I can't believe we drove down the field on them. I don't know if you can find the game, but like I'm I'm shitting you not, Seth. It would have been one of the best plays of the season. Like, it would have been an all-time Tennessee highlight because Garantano stood in and got absolutely rocked like he did all year and dropped a dime to Callaway. And Callaway was falling backwards in the end zone, you know, jumping up to readjust. It hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. It was a, it, it was a beautiful throw. It was like, it was perfection. What, what was stunning about that game, even at the time, was that of we did all – you just listed off – a literal laundry list of dumb shit we did. And if Austin, and that was like in 10 minutes of game and time. If Austin Pope doesn't cause himself to fumble, we are right there with a great chance to win that game. We did all that dumb shit, and we were still right there if Austin Pope walks into the end zone. I believe by the time I turned it off, um, we had had six turnovers in the first half, and I was like, well, that's enough football for me. Like, if we just don't, like, let, all it would have taken for us to have been in that game with possible chance, we would have been winning if we just didn't do dumb shit. Like, it didn't even take a, a great performance. Like, Callaway doesn't drop a fumble. Pope doesn't cause, uh, Callaway doesn't drop a touchdown. Pope doesn't cause himself to fumble. And, like, Garantano can still throw the interception and the fumble, and we are uh, right there. It, it was just stunning. The dumb shit we did to lose that game. Like, Florida, at that point in time, Florida wasn't that good. But I don't remember any of those plays. I have no recollection of a safety. I was watching. I was like 14 to 3. I was like, well, I know for I know it was 23 to 3 at halftime. So I was like, hell, I guess we get a safety here. And like I said, we ran two of the worst runs to the left with Tim Jordan. Um, just had no chance of succeeding, and uh, yeah, he gets uh, wrapped up in the end zone and taken down. It was twenty six to three at halftime. It was twenty six to three at halftime. Okay, I thought it was twenty three to three. Apparently, who knew? I mean, who knew? Like, I had no idea. I stayed. I stayed like a dumbass. Like, okay, I'll, I'll wait through this twenty minute halftime to see what we do with our first drive, and then we fumbled the opening kickoff, and I said, "Well, time to go home." I got. I am just blown away so okay Garrett Tano fumbled with eight minutes and 17 seconds left in the first quarter because he got drilled from the blind side as he was throwing it and it went right into one of their defensive players hands like it might have been an interception it was a fumble but it just went right into their hands so that was one highlight then it was zero to zero with seven and a half minutes left we have a Florida touchdown that was right after he threw the screen pass right in their chest okay because that was like right in front of me. That, no, no, threw that the, the like screen pass was with five, minute, five and a half minutes left. He threw a screen pass interception. So okay, that's two. Okay. I was going to say, he, that one led to a touchdown was all I was saying. Yeah, 14 to nothing. So we're down 14 to nothing. Then I want to see Callaway drop that drop this pass. Oh, yeah. Like it, it was, like I said, it was a fucking dime. Okay, so they fumble. Tyler. So they fumble. And we get the ball back with a minute left. And then... They're not going to show the Callaway because they're only going to do um, highlights. Damn. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, so Garantano had had two had two turnovers in the first ten minutes of the game. Not maybe three because that other fumble you talked about on the stat snap. Now the the first interception fumble type thing that wasn't his fault, but yeah, I mean, we did so much stuff wrong. I mean, it was remarkable. Sorry, I was pulling up the YouTube. I was going to send you. I, I pulled up the whole game. Okay. Shout out to uh, Freak Nick on uh, or Ball Freak, whatever. Yeah, Ball Freak. Sorry. Yeah, DM that on, to me. I want to see YouTube. that. I was gonna find the Callaway play and send it to you. Sorry. Um, I forgot to cut my 
Mike. Yeah, so Josie's right. D Dominique Wood Anderson dropped that fourth and four, and it hit him right in the hands. And it was an easy, like, he was wide open. He had the first down. He was past the marker, and he dropped it. And, like, I think right after that, they fumbled, and we got the ball back. So we still had a chance. Um, game more patron questions. We got any more questions we got to get to. No, no, we don't. We don't. This, is, this has been right. a rambling. It's already been 55 minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's good. Uh, it's, it's been all over the place. And watching this 2018 Tennessee-Florida has been uh, sad. Maybe we'll do a little voice channel. I'll, I'll, I'll lock this up, and then I'll uh, we'll, I'll drop it into the Discord, uh, the uh, highlight. I'll bookmark it okay. for you. So just hold on a second. All right. Anything else you want to say on the way That's up? That's all. It was a pleasure as usual. Love you, my brother. Love you too, buddy. Later. I'm dead.
Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon.